This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now in the United States... In two months' time, the midterm elections will take place. Of course, the Democrats with President Biden hold the White House, but were they to lose the House of Representatives, where they have a majority of five only, or the Senate, or both, Biden would be a lame duck president for his final two years, and that would restrict him severely. There is, of course, background noise, and it's very serious noise. The president, former President Donald Trump, appears to be in legal trouble. He took documents from the White House and persistently refused to return them to where they belong, which is in the National Archive, and has continued to resist. And, of course, the Republican Party has taken a real move to the right. 69% of Republican Voters believe that Joe Biden is not the legitimate president of the United States because the election he won and won handsomely was rigged. This is a remarkable state of affairs. It has caused many people in Europe to wonder how long the United States will remain a democratic republic. It is that serious. And last night, Joe Biden made a speech, a primetime speech to the American people, and he spelled out the dangers as he saw them. We're joined now from Washington by Niall Stanich, associate editor of The Hill, a very respected Washington newspaper, for not being partisan, as so many other media outlets like CNN and Fox News are. And Niall is also the White House columnist for The Hill. Niall, Joe Biden's speech last night, which I've read, was powerful, I think is, is the word, explicit in what he regarded, and I'm quoting him, as a threat to America of Republican extremists. That's right, yes. It's his really most powerful remarks, or certainly most uh, extended and in-depth remarks, on this threat to democracy that we have seen. It's worth maybe remembering that in the early days of Joe Biden's presidency, he was somewhat reluctant to attack his predecessor frontally. He referred to the former guy, on occasion or otherwise tried to keep the spotlight on his own agenda. That has changed, and I think it has changed out of necessity. 
And so last night there was this speech where he referred repeatedly to the MAGA Republicans. He said that Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans, and this is a direct quote also, represent an extremism that threatens the very foundation of our republic. Um, he went on to talk about how that strand in American politics uh, fans the flames of political violence, uh, talked about how they thrive on chaos, um, and mentioned in passing the uh, election or, or putting forward of election deniers. It is uh, difficult to dispute that he is uh, correct on the facts there. I mean, all of those things are happening. There are indeed election deniers being nominated by the Republican Party to office. Um, you and I have spoken in the past at some length about the threat posed to American democracy by some of these uh, claims that have been made. I would note that that has not um, prevented there being some pushback against Mr. Biden's speech already from people who are accusing, uh, of people on the right, of course, primarily, who are accusing him of being um, divisive or otherwise polite. Yes, I noted that our old friend Kevin McCarthy, mm. who is the leader of the Republicans in the House of Representatives and would be the next speaker, he had some harsh things to say about President Biden. I'm going to quote President Biden now along the lines of what you just suggested. He said, and I quote, MAGA Republicans, that's make America great again, Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election he said, and he added, too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. He had also said, I think the night before, that the Republicans were now semi-fascist. And from where I'm sitting, and many people who look to the United States as a beacon of hope, and indeed of democracy, not to mention its power, it's hard to disagree that if you don't believe in the result of direct elections to the extent to which American mainstream American people appear to have rejected the results of the last election, you are heading somewhere into the region where fascism exists. Well, you're certainly heading into the region where chaos exists, mm -hmm. because if you don't accept that elections are legitimate, you therefore don't believe that the government is legitimate. If yes. you don't believe the government is legitimate, then that gives you license to do all manner of crazy things uh, and inflammatory and on occasion violent things. And of course, that was the entire uh, thesis that underpinned the January the 6th insurrection. Uh, I mean, for all that that was rightly and understandably condemned by the wider world, the people who were the insurrectionists in that instance appeared to believe that falsely that the election had been stolen and therefore it was their duty to put right uh, something that was illegitimate. That is a theory or thesis that has continued to fester. January the 6th and the reaction to it did not, in fact, uh, lance the boil in that respect yes. in the way that some people thought that it would. And those forces in American politics and in American civic society generally remain uh, rather strong and fervent. And Biden said last night, for a long time, we've reassured ourselves that American democracy is guaranteed, but it is not. Mm. We have to defend it. We have to protect it. 
stand up for it, each and every one of us. It's important to say in terms of the election deniers, for example, Mm. that they have powerful media advocates for the Trump fascist Republican nonsense, but dangerous nonsense, that it wasn't a fair election last time out. If that is repeated on Fox News, by far the most successful cable channel in the United States and other right-wing outlets, radio, print media, and television, if the lies, untruths, distortions of Trump are given credibility, widespread credibility by media, that is a major part of the problem, isn't it? It certainly is, and I think that the issue there is not just uh, mainstream media, but also the very polarizing forces of social media. I would have to say as well, Eamon, I think it's important to state both from our perspective and from what President Biden said last night, he did try to separate out um, Republicans of the old school from people who are MAGA Republicans. And so I say that partly because I do think we have to be careful with terms like fascism as if it is applied in some sort of blanket fashion. He's talking about a very specific, though unfortunately large, um, tendency in uh, the Republican Party and in the populist movement that Trump has stoked and that is comprised of people who don't, who, you know, as Biden put it on another occasion, you can't love your country only when you win. Um, this is people who, who really think that any election they lose is automatically fake or at least claim that. They do get support from not just their own sort of uh, in-group on social media, but from some of the people, uh, worth noting, again, there are outlets positioning themselves to the right of Fox News, uh, One American News being a a prime example of that, that really are, whether they're doing it for profit or for clout or whatever, have, I think, uh, ventilated these claims. And some of them, in fact, are now uh, facing defamation actions, for example, from the manufacturers of election, uh, of voting machines in the past election, who charged them with, with libeling them. Now, just to be clear, though, of the 10 Republicans who voted for Trump's impeachment, Mm. eight of them have vanished. And Liz Cheney Mm -hmm. spectacularly lost her seat by some 30, 40 percent in Congress. She doesn't even get to run. She lost her primary. Mm -hmm. She is the most admirable, clear minded and extremely conservative. She voted 93 percent of the time for Trump's policies when he was the president. Her father, Dick Cheney, is one of the most, I think you could almost say, reactionary right-wingers the United States has ever seen as vice president. Yet, it is people of that sort of caliber in those positions Mm. who are also part of what is now a very serious problem. Yes, and I think That is an important point to raise, and it is the thing that calls into question Biden's distinction between mainstream Republicans and MAGA Republicans. In fact, the MAGA Republicans 
have become the mainstream of the party, yeah. I would say. And that's why of those 10 people in the House who voted for Trump's impeachment within the GOP, there are only two who even have a chance of returning to Congress in January. Liz Cheney, who, whose uh, case you outlined very well, uh, had enormous publicity, had a war chest of something like $13 million for a primary in Wyoming, a very rural state, and got absolutely hammered by a Trump-endorsed yes. uh, Republican challenger. So I do think that that underlines the uh, the depth of the problem. And just relatedly, I don't think this is too much of a tangent, but one of the more interesting phrases that Biden used in that speech last night was that the current GOP, he said, was dominated, driven, and intimidated by yes. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And I think he's getting there at the fact that People like Kevin McCarthy, even though we're sometimes very critical of him on this podcast, no one really thinks that Kevin McCarthy is, in his heart, a MAGA Republican. But he has chosen to pursue that line because he won't be speaker otherwise and because he's scared of the power of the Trump people. And that uh, is another uh, facet to this whole story. And, of course, fear is a weapon in the hands of fascists. Let's go to something that is causing Republicans to feel uncomfortable and giving some hope to Democrats and to Biden's supporters. And that is the apparent reaction to the Supreme Court's decision to strike down the Roe v. Wade judgment of 1973. This new Supreme Court with three nominees, Trump nominees on it, struck down that abortion ruling and effectively stopped abortion for women in the United States of America. And the way it's framed, a woman could in fact be pregnant, not know it, and still be prevented from getting an abortion. That appears to have had a dramatic effect on women voters. And there is evidence that you told me about when we spoke yesterday from Kansas that is particularly illuminating on that matter. Yeah, there is. The abortion question has had a bigger electoral impact already than many people thought, in, including myself, I have to be honest. I thought that though abortion is very clearly, and for obvious reasons, a very important issue, that people who were strong believers on one side or other of that question already voted in there and already voted along predictable lines and therefore its effect would be limited. I, I was wrong about that, clearly. Um, for example, the ballot measure, a kind of statewide referendum in Kansas, was about whether the state constitution should guarantee a right to abortion. Uh, or not. And in Kansas, which is a very conservative state, the pro-choice side won that by almost 20 points. Yes. Um, separately, there was a special election, what, what uh, in Irish or British terms would be considered a by-election, for a, a house district in New York State, upstate New York, uh, a classic sort of bellwether uh, district that has gone from one side to the other in terms of presidential elections. And a Democrat there who put abortion rights very much at the center of his campaign won uh, that election in something of a surprise. So it is clearly having um, an effect. Just one thing I, I, I want to add on this, Eamon, because I think people sometimes get the wrong uh, idea outside the United States. The Supreme Court did not 
ban abortion. It removed the constitutional yes. right to abortion and therefore le left it up to individual states. The consequence of that is that abortion is still widely available in liberal states like California and New York, but is being almost entirely banned or severely restricted as we speak in many, many conservative states. Yeah, Texas would be a good example of that. And many, as you say, many other states. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's look now at something that is remarkable and unprecedented. This is the taking of documents, sensitive documents, in large numbers by Donald Trump from the White House when he left. Mm. These are intelligence reports. They are top secret documents, many of them. And he took them and he's been gone now for, what, 18 months? Mm -hmm. He kept them and people found out they belong to the administration, not to any politician. They are a matter of national security. He took a load of them. He has refused to give them back. Then he's agreed to give some of them back after being, over a long period of time, asked. Yet, there is now legal proceedings. It's in the courts. Mm. And it has been established 
that even after agreeing in June that he'd give everything back and saying he'd given everything back, he hadn't. He'd kept more top-secret documents. The FBI had to raid his Mar-a-Lago estate, I think on August 8th, and they still found more stuff, and there's more stuff. This is unbelievable. And now he's found a judge who he appointed who might give him some relief. Can you explain all of that to us? I can. It is an extraordinary matter, and I'll try and explain it as uh, simply or straightforwardly as I can. Presidential records basically belong to the American people, and it is therefore the uh, duty of an outgoing president to provide those records to the National Archives. Now, once the National Archives has cleared unclassified material, some of that can be used in, for example, presidential libraries that people typically have after their presidency ends. Clearly, uh, Trump did not give over those documents. Throughout 2021, the National Archives had become aware that he had not done so, and pursued those documents. In January, some were given back. The uh, National Archives realized that not all had been given back. There was a separate belief that some of these documents were classified, and therefore there was a whole issue of potential um, criminal uh, offenses being committed because you can't mishandle Classified information, that was what the whole uh, investigation into Hillary Clinton back in 2016 was, was about. So there was a subpoena issued in the end in May of this year. And in June, as you alluded to, the Trump team gave uh, documents back that included 38 documents with classified markings. They then attested that that was everything that had a classified, had been marked as classified. Um, the FBI or the Department of Justice, or somebody, seems to have sources within Mar-a-Lago. They seem to have been told that that essentially the Trump team were lying. And upon raiding Mar-a-Lago, they found more than 100 documents with classified information. That puts Trump and his legal team, and perhaps other people, in obvious legal peril. Obstruction of justice? Obstruction of justice is one of the things that has been investigated. The breaches of the Espionage Act are one of the things that has been investigated, as well as a more standard uh, statute that governs the destruction of documents. So right now, the investigators have these documents. They are obviously looking through them and making additional inquiries. To your point about possible relief for Trump, his legal team has made uh, an application or a motion for the appointment of what is called a special master. A special master looks at seized documents or seized information separate from the investigators and seeks to evaluate whether any of that information could be privileged. Normally attorney-client privilege, but in the case of this former president, also executive privilege. That case or that motion has not been conclusively decided yet, but is being heard by a judge, Aileen Cannon, whom is a Trump appointee. And so that is where we are. And she has indicated, has she not, that she is inclined to grant 
Mr. Trump's wishes. She has indeed indicated that, and she indicated that before giving the government a chance to make its case. Now, the government has subsequently made its case. There was a hearing on Thursday here that was um, inconclusive on the main question. The whole issue of this special master is somewhat complicated, but is, I think, viewed generally as, as much of a PR move that would enable Trump to sort of cast aspersions on the investigation as yeah. a substantive move. To make a long story short, the feds have their own filter team, as it's called, a team separate from the main investigation that does basically what a special master does, looks at documents to determine whether anything has been wrongfully seized or anything is privileged. That team has completed its work. So the investigators have these documents. The question is whether the process would be slowed or whether Mr. Trump would be facilitated in undermining its legitimacy were the special master to be appointed. Now, here's where we come back, Niall, to Joe Biden's speech last night and his reference to semi-fascism and indeed his reference to what might happen if the Republicans gain power again. Here's the, it seems to me, the argument. If the Trump lawyers, the judge he appointed and Trump himself, if they were to win, that means that a finding has been made in a court of law that Merrick Garland, the Attorney General, and that the Department of Justice that he leads are corrupt and have attempted to corruptly acquire damaging documents against the former President of the United States, if you were to achieve that, first of all, it's absurd in the case of Merrick Garland in particular, but the, the very concept that a man with, shall we say, a somewhat colorful character can find a judge who will find that the Department of Justice of the United States is corrupt. What are we looking at? Mm. I, right, I mean, I think that the... Are, are any of my assumptions there mistaken? Because if they are, do tell our listeners. I don't want to mislead anybody. But it seems to me that if you can, if he can win this, mm. well, then he can do anything. He once said he could walk down Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, mm. and he wouldn't be, well, this is the kind of legal equivalent. There, so there are two separate points there. One is the idea that Trump essentially buys himself Im immunity from the law by the number of judges he has appointed and by his influence while present on the judiciary. Yeah. The reason I was pausing is the idea that the appointment of a special master would mean that the Department of Justice is corrupt. I don't think, in right. fairness, Eamon, that's true. Yeah. Uh, there are special masters appointed in very sensitive cases to review whether information can legitimately be used by the prosecution or not. But the broader point is one in which Trump can pursue legal 
remedies for his difficulties and get those cases or file those cases before judges that he himself has appointed. That obviously raises all sorts of serious questions, although it is not unique to Trump, we should say. I mean, other, the, the thing that is unique to Trump is that he's the only former president in American history whose home has been raided because a judge has found that investigators are right in thinking there's probable cause to believe a crime has been committed. That's the thing that's unique about him, and that's where the danger lies. And in terms of you and your colleagues in the United States, in Washington in particular, you're right at the heart of it. From where I'm sitting, it seems clear that if they lied in June, that they'd given all the documents up and they hadn't. Mm. And if Trump was part of that lie, which he clearly must have been, he has obstructed justice. He has. If, if what you just said is true, he has obstructed justice. It does seem, I agree, implausible that somehow his lawyers would have some solo run attesting that they had made, as they put it, a diligent search and had found everything, uh, which was incorrect, we shall put it as mildly as that. Uh, it would seem implausible if they've made a solo run in that respect without Trump's instruction or complicity in that uh, in that lie. That would appear on its face to be obstruction of justice. Now then you get into the question of prosecuting a former president. It is certainly a revered principle that nobody is above the law. It is also a fact that prosecuting a former president would be massively explosive. And so that's where we have to see where the Department yes. of Justice goes with all this. Because, and i end with this, he would play the witch hunt, I'm being persecuted card. Mm -hmm. He would run in 2024 as a martyr. Mm -hmm. I saw that vile creature, Steve Bannon, looking forward to running against mm -hmm. the Department of Justice and all the institutions of the United States that guaranteed democratic rights. Mm -hmm. He's looking forward to it. He's up for it. And is. Bannon, Bannon is by no means, uh, you know, a clean pair of hands. He's had to get a pardon from Trump for stealing money that he solicited from people on a website to build a wall. And the other thing related to all of that that is, I think, important as we talk about this is Trump's argument in that scenario would not just be the system is corrupt, or I'm a victim, or I'm suffering injustice. His argument would be to his voters, to the MAGA Republicans that we started talking about at the start of this podcast, the system is after me yes. because they're after you. And yes. therefore, you are being betrayed by the institutions of the country, and you should either not obey those institutions or overthrow those institutions or put your faith in me rather than those institutions. And therein lies the whole problem. Okay, Niall, we're grateful to you, of course, as always, for talking to us. We're grateful to Niall, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.